You want Chinese? They want pizza. And someone is craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash, like The Mule or The Press. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app and choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code THUNDER. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code THUNDER. Don't forget, that's code THUNDER for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Louis Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I'm not gonna lie, I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Woo-wee! With me today, Alex Spears. We're live on Periscope. Give us your comments throughout the pod. But oh my goodness, Alex, what happened last night? What a celebration. I haven't felt that way since 2016 Game 7 when the Cavs won. Yeah. Like, like where something is so unbelievable. I, that's why I didn't tweet during the game. I was so scared. <laughs> you were going to screw it up. <laughs> yes. I was scared that one tweet was going to screw it up. So I, di- I stayed completely silent. And that was my only reason for not tweeting is that I didn't want to mess with this. We had this amazing opportunity. And by the end of the game, it was like, you know, it wasn't even close. So it didn't even matter. But through the majority of that game, you're just like, man. This is like prime, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I I don't want to get too excited. In fact, I was going to text you, hey, we should pod tonight if they win, but I didn't want to send the text (laughs) because I didn't want to ruin the moment. You can't even put it out in the universe. Yeah. And so, and then to get it the way we got it, man, that fourth quarter was absolutely insane because Though, especially the beginning of it, because the yeah. Nuggets weren't playing well. They weren't good at all. Jokic <laughs> was off of the court. Any any team, especially any serious contender, mm-hmm. would have taken those minutes and absolutely brought that game back and yeah. probably been up by a few points. And instead, the Clippers were just terrible. They were so I, I, bad. And, and they were terrible in a way that was unbelievable, kind of hearkening back to that game, the Josh Smith game. Like where you're just watching it, like how is this even happening? Like how are they taking all of these relatively wide open, good shots, and none of them are going in? Like it was really unbelievable. Yeah, the game plan was almost like let's just throw stuff up and just pray that it goes in. Like we just we're just gonna just throw it up there. We don't know. 
We don't, and there was no confidence behind it. Like you watched it and you're just like, yeah, it's not a surprise that all these are bricks. It's not a surprise at all. And it's funny that, I mean, Doc Rivers should be catching a lot of heat today because it's, this is his third time to be on the losing end of a 3-1 comeback. Third time. There's, it's only been done 13 times. And Doc has three of them, which is just unreal. It's just unbelievable. He played Reggie Jackson for like four minutes. He played Reggie Jackson. And it was obviously a complete disaster. Last night was just kind of the, the basketball gods giving a nod to OKC in a lot of different ways, right? With Paul George, and then you have the Reggie Jackson four minutes that were just so glorious. He was just so gloriously bad. It was just, it was great. It was blissful. It was a blissful night, you know, outside of like the Thunder actually winning. Like, this is like the best you can feel, right? Watching a basketball well, game. Well, I know. I thought like we had already gotten enough with the way Houston went out. I know. I, mean, I know. <laughs> losing four straight. It's like, well, <laughs> at this point, you know, it'd be nice if the Clippers <laughs> lost. That seems like asking for a little too much. It wasn't good. And then greedy. for them. And then for them to not just lose, but to lose after being up 3-1. And listen, Thunder fans know what it's like to lose a series when you're up 3-1. Yeah. It's it's terrible. The difference is that we weren't the overwhelming favorite mm-hmm. in that I think Matt Moore is the only like national media that I saw who had actually picked the Nuggets in that series. And so to be the, that much of a favorite... And lose a three-one series lead? Like I can't, I can't imagine it. It's, I don't know. Do you think that's a worse three-one loss than the Warriors? Um, because it's I, tough. Because the the Warriors, if they had won that, would have had like a a rightful claim to say they were the greatest team of all time. Yeah. Which so that's like different levels. But you mean the Warriors this, and Cavs? Is that what you mean? Right. Yeah. 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 yeah I think that that one is more consequential. Certainly, than than the thun than the, not the thun than the Nuggets and the. Clippers. But this has to be number two. It's way up there, because like Paul George just kind of continues who he is, like uber confident, has nothing to back it up. I mean nothing, and he's the dude is like reading off a script from three years ago, right? <laughs> oh, it's year one, guys. This was never title or bust. What? Like, okay, man. Sure. Well, it, it's so funny sure. looking at, I mean, I mean, watch how those two teams responded after game six. Jokic basically said, we have nothing to lose. All the pressure's on them. Yeah. And on the flip side, Paul George said, hey, we're still in the driver's seat. Even though there's like no evidence that they're necessarily in the driver's seat. Um, they had lost, you know, two games in a row at that point. Like what suggested they were in the driver's seat? But those were, that was like the frame of mind of those two teams. And man, it showed up in just like, I mean, O of 11 for Paul George and Kawhi. And by the way, hating on Paul George, it's everyone's favorite pastime right now. So fun. But let's not forget Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Because one of the first things I did after that game, John Hollinger tweeted out the Jovan Buha article from The Athletic. Did I say his name right? No, Jovan. Jovan, I'm sorry. Yeah. Jovan, did I get his last name right? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Jovan's article from January of this year Mm -hmm. talking about the Clippers chemistry or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. And one of the, one of the big talking points in that article was this idea that 
Kawhi just gets to do whatever he wants. Yeah. And he gets to do whatever he wants under the assumption that he is going to be this amazing player in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you you let him miss random games. I mean, he brought up this game when uh, Toronto had like a ton of players out and he still decided to sit on his own when they really just could have used him and it wasn't a back to back. Yep. And you and a lot of that happened during this year with his load management. And then for him to just go over in a fourth quarter of a game seven, like next year, I'm like, no, quite like you're playing. You're playing. You got to You got to prove to us again because you let us down it, and in it's, like a massive way. I think it's really good for the NBA that this team lost. I think it's very, too. very good because it the player empowerment is good. I think I think overall player empowerment is good, but I think Kawhi like took it a step too far. And like everything kind of went a step too far with this Clippers team and had, I mean, and all of this is really centered around Giannis. Like Giannis is watching everything that happens. He's watching things play out on social media. He's watching things play out on TV. He's watching how things play out on the court with players, all these things. And he sees the disrespect that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are getting today from everybody because they lost and had like, Damian Lillard goes out in round one. Like, the di- there's no like disrespect to Dame because there is something, there really is, and this is not just like me being like this small market weirdo. Like, there really is something to like sticking with your team and pushing forward and trying to build something and trying to build chemistry and push forward, right? And this, like, yeah. hey, let's just grab as many stars as we can. We're gonna pull in Marcus Morris. I'm gonna join this team. We're gonna, we're just gonna build our championship. We're just gonna build it. And we're gonna go put it together on the fly. We don't even have to play together, and we're gonna win a championship. Like that would, I think, it could have been bad for the sport, and it could have been bad because I think Giannis could have looked at it and said, "Oh, well, I need to go do that." And now I think he's looking at this and saying, "Oh, well, I need to maybe take a step back and and." take a a better look at what my next situation is going to be. I mean, I think for all the terrible things about fans, we do respect culture and it's interesting to look at the teams now that are in this final four. I mean, the heat culture you hear about all the time, it's almost nauseating. Um, But like Celtics (laughs) have a very defined culture. Mm -hmm. The Lakers, even though they're a relatively new team, like we heard so much about their chemistry this year in a way that we, you never hear about the Clippers And then the Nuggets are a team that have been, you know, not just out of nowhere. Like they have been gradually building each year. And this is the next step, even though someone like me had no belief in the Nuggets and repeated that again and again and again. I know. And they shoved Zach Lowe. Blame Zach Lowe. Oh, that's great. Great. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's that's it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It wasn't even my opinion. I was just parroting. What Zach Lowe said. (laughs) No. But yeah, like culture is really important. And even back in the Warriors days, like the Warriors had a culture prior to Kevin Durant. And one of the downfalls, like one of the reasons people turned on that was because it seemed like they gave up on the culture. Like the Mm -hmm. culture wasn't as important anymore. Now it's we're just going to bring in Kevin Durant. Who cares about all this stuff we've built? Let's just go out and like decimate the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think fans appreciate culture, and I think Oklahoma City has had a really good culture. Um, but the Clippers were just this team that was put together on this foundation of a franchise that has had like years and years and years of terrible, terrible luck. Yeah, and 
I and I, along with everyone else, just kind of completely overlooked that because the quality of the talent this year was so much higher than even the Chris Paul and Blake Griffin era. Mm-hmm. And we all just kind of dismissed that. And maybe we shouldn't have. Maybe maybe the Clippers curse is real. I don't usually believe in curses, but if they're real, I feel like at some point. That's why I, I texted you. I was like, do you think Steve Ballmer has any regrets about committing to L.A. with building the arena? Yeah. I mean, obviously, L.A. is an amazing market. Mm-hmm. But if he could do it over again and you could go to Seattle, which, by the way, has a ton of big companies that will spend money there as well. Yep. And the karma, the good karma that you would get in bringing the Great Sonics, karma. The Sonics <laughs> yeah. back. I mean, yeah. Goodness. How else, how else could, if the, if the curse is real, what better way to reverse it than moving back to Seattle? It would, yeah, it would totally reverse it. There's no doubt. Uh, Austin S one zero two seven asked, uh, will it be good for the NBA if the Lakers win? Because they got LeBron they bullied the Pelicans into getting Anthony Davis. And it's I, true, but I would say to that, like, that's just, that's the Lakers. Like that's been the Lakers since the beginning of the NBA. Right. Right. So, yeah. I mean, going back to, uh, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar leaving Milwaukee to yes, go to the Lakers, yes. Shaq, like Kobe forcing his way to the Lakers. 30 like, plus years. Yeah. The Lakers' history of all of that is nothing new. That is that is ingrained in the league. And it's so much different for the Lakers to win with their long history going back decades and decades versus the Clippers just throwing things together yeah. and winning. Like, the Lakers winning is much more in tradition with the history of the NBA mm-hmm. than the Clippers potentially winning this year. Yeah. It would, it would also, it's also kind of like the Nets and how Kyrie and KD picked the Nets. Like, oh, we're yeah. just going to make this a championship team. We're just going to do it. Us. We're going to do that because we can do that. And I just don't think it's that easy. I don't, I don't think it's as easy as these guys think. And you hear, I, I heard so many people last night. I produced several different shows last night after the game and listened to a lot of these guys talk. And they kept mentioning that all year, the Clippers were the most arrogant team in the NBA. They felt like they had arrived. And it is it is just so 2017 through 2019 thunder. Like, that's all I heard when I they were talking about how, oh, we're not worried. Oh, we have these issues, but we're not worried. And how many times did you hear that coming out of the Thunder locker room? That they're not worried. They weren't worried. It was just so thunder. And I think that Paul George was a huge part of that. Clearly. I mean, when they talk about like some of the most arrogant guys in the league, like they mentioned Paul. And Paul's a good guy. Like I Paul George was very easy to deal with, but his arrogance took them to another level. And, and yeah, and I think you, just very you saw that uh with some of the players around the league, how they responded to that loss last night. I mean, obviously a Damon CJ who had a much more personal so connection. Good. Yeah. And CJ was like really killing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but even players like Jared Dudley and J.R. Smith um, and Josh Smith, even <laughs> posts on Instagram, like uh, there were a lot of players around the league. It seemed like who were just laughing mm-hmm. at the Clippers mm-hmm. because I think that for them, it did seem like the Clippers had this air of superiority like they didn't have to earn any of this and they were just going to come in year one and win, which it's funny. You don't really, 
uh, you never really heard that with like the Boston Celtics, who basically did a very similar thing. The 08 Celtics. Yeah, with Doc Rivers. With Rivers, yeah. But you also had like this element of like Paul Pierce was there forever, right? Right. And then it was going to be like they wanted KD or Greg Oden. And then when they missed out, they had to pivot. Like, okay. Right. We, so it's it different. It's a different situation. But I do wonder too if it has to do with kind of like the Lakers conversation. It's, just, it's the Celtics. And yeah. like, when you are a well-respected organization that has like a long history in the league, maybe you get the benefit of the doubt in comparison to like the Clippers. I mean, I, I think social media wise, 100%. That's the yeah. case. That's 100% the case. Uh, I just, I want to take a moment just to thank Paul George and Russell Westbrook for, for how just, there's a lot of things I feel like we could thank them for over the past several years, but I want to thank them for something very specific that over the last three years of them being in Oklahoma City before they were traded, I want to thank them for masquerading as number ones. Just in Oklahoma oh, yeah. City, they everybody and they did such a good job of masquerading themselves as number ones in the NBA that they got trades for Oklahoma City as number ones. And then they were both very much exposed as like number two at best, right? They were, although, like, thinking about the Clippers going forward, if they did make a huge move, it would probably be trading Paul George. I bet they could still get, like, not obviously what OKC got, but they would still get a really nice return from some team. Yeah. Just because, like, Paul George looks like a superstar, and he has obviously played like a superstar during the regular season. Yeah. Um, But we now have, like, I mean, when was the last time he went to a conference finals? It would have... Indiana. In Indiana. Yeah, but it, like, over, is it a decade yet? Or it would have been like 2012, I guess, that time? Uh, yeah, I mean, 11, 12, something like that, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, but, but yeah, shout out to them because they, they really did. <laughs> I mean, people treated them. them like this was the, the, I mean, we did, not just people. We, we did. did, yes, we thought they were. So much yeah. so, we did. We thought that they were number ones as well. And they're, they just aren't and they have been in the past like they were at one point obviously russell was a number one at one point but i mean they they're just not there anymore and that's okay but the thunder i mean imagine had the thunder run it back one more year i mean what do they even get for those guys let's say they go out in round one again which is would have probably been the case like what do you what, right. do, you, what do you get for them what do you get for those I mean, guys Russ is probably a non-starter because it's hard to imagine. I mean, who knows? Maybe Houston makes that deal a year later too, but it seemed like Houston was the only team that where they had this perfect storm of the super large contract, the star player who wants Russ there and the owner who's going to be willing to push it through at all costs. So yeah, a year later, I think the rush trades as they would be right now, if you're the Houston Rockets and, you were even thinking about trading Russ would be much more difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Did you listen to Simmons this morning? No. Oh my gosh. He brought up Harden for Paul George. <laughs> really? <laughs> to, to, to recreate the thunder on the Rockets? <laughs> the Rockets just sit back and say, you know what? What the thunder had there? <laughs> we want that. Let's bring in Billy too. Let's hire Billy. <laughs> 
Oh, I just I just can't believe that they're not trading Harden. Like they're just not trading James Harden. But no, what the one that I think is very very interesting is Paul George for Joel Embiid. Like I think that some Hmm. Some something like that is very intriguing. Man, I, I hadn't even heard of that yet. Is that going around? That's that is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. People are people are floating that one around. Huh? Because like Simmons and Paul George is a much better pairing. Like oh yeah, guys, absolutely. Like t- like that two K team, very fun. Very yeah. Fun. I don't know if the I don't know if you want Simmons and Paul George leading your squad. Um. But, I mean, probably not, but if you're Philly, like it, it, it does feel like they're being honestly, they could just run it back with like some minor changes. But if they are going big, that's kind of the best idea I've heard so far. Well, and you can that and Horford is fine then, right? And yeah. Tobias is fine then. Yeah. Because they those that's just your three and four. Or your your five your four and five right there. Right. So I think that I mean to me that is if you're going to make a 2K trade, like that one is really interesting. And then you have Man. Kawhi and Joel Embiid. Can you, if you're the Clippers, though, seeing what you've seen now, can you really risk someone like Joel Embiid, who has a massive history of injuries, being brought into the Clippers' curse? That Dude. just seems like a bad recipe. <laughs> Joel and Kawhi would just <laughs> crumble. Physically. Or they just wouldn't play at all in the regular yeah, season. They just refuse to play. Well, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard and Joel Embiid have played two games in 82 games together. We'll see how this goes in the NBA playoffs. How crazy was that Mark Spears report that Clippers players were only able to play like three minutes at a time last night because they were so fatigued? Oh, I mean, yeah, sure. But, but like why... I'm assuming that came from the Clippers, like that leak. But why yeah. would you? What What is the benefit of putting that out? Like, I don't know. You look like a big baby, honestly. But like, but it's not even like a like. What is the who Who is that appealing to? I don't. I don't know. I, who reads I that and is like, oh, they were tired. Oh, well, no, I get it. I totally it, get it. It kind of reeks of like stuff that Daryl Morey does too. After yeah, because the Rockets were. During even during the Oklahoma City series when Russell was about to come back, I mentioned this on Monday. Russ is more explosive than ever, and then right. when everything falls apart, I mean that and that Rockets fall apart was even. I mean it was watching the Rockets and the Clippers back to back fall apart like this is this is a dream scenario. Like this is this is the dream scenario that I that I didn't even know was a dream scenario. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It's very, it's very, it feels very rockets and you just don't, you don't, you don't want to be the team that's like reaching out to people afterwards and giving all the excuses as to why like things fell apart. Especially because like you were the far and away favorite and the Nuggets have now come back from, they've had two game, like two seven game series in a row have come back from three, one. So they've had six straight elimination games. Like you don't think they're tired Exactly. You don't want to like, don't tell me about tired. Look at Jamal, like Jamal Murray. If anybody has given everything he has in this bubble, it's been him. I mean, he has pushed himself like beyond the limit. I remember at the end of the jazz series when he's interviewed by S Scott Van Pelt and he, Scott Van Pelt told him the, 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 when the game was and he was like, what? Oh yeah. I mean like you could just like see like the genuine, 
just exasperation on his face. <laughs> it was, it was, it was just such like a human moment because a lot well, of times if- these guys don't put that human face on, but whenever he did that, it was like, Oh my gosh, like that's great. Like that's great TV. Well, I wonder if this is because they're getting a two day break now before game one against the Lakers. I yep. wonder if that's like the longest break they've had. It 100 since the playoffs started. Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> that's crazy. I know. I know. Uh, and man, so much credit should go to Jokic and Murray. Those the two man <sighs> game between those two was they were unstoppable. Yeah. The And the it's just funny because. On paper, you look at the Clippers and you're like, oh, they have everybody to defend, right? They have everybody to defend. And they could not do it. They could not figure it out. Jokic was picking them apart. They were throwing the doubles at the exact wrong time. Jokic, it doesn't matter like how many arms are around Jokic. He's going to find somebody. And so when you're throwing that double, you're just opening up the entire offense for the Nuggets. And Murray yeah, was incredible. Jokic was incredible. Gary Harris came in and was an incredible defender for them. Uh, shout out to Jeremy Grant, who played a great series. Just an incredible effort from them, man. Yeah, it's it's kind of wild how of all the players who left last year, arguably the one we were most mad at was Jeremy Grant because he <laughs> said that he was leaving a sinking ship. <laughs> And like to his credit, like it does appear that he's on a better ship for right now. And, yeah, uh, for sure. He, he was a huge contributor on that team. And he is definitely of all the guys who left. He's the easiest one to root for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's I, 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 just, I can't believe that the Nuggets won that series. I was so down on the Nuggets. I, I know. I didn't think that it was possible. I really did not think it was going to be possible. <laughs> but and I'm fascinated did. to see what happens with Jokic and Murray, just in like the collective consciousness of NBA fans mm-hmm. and, and NBA media, mm-hmm. because I think everyone has respected those guys, but they are now going to be vaulted into a much like higher tier of player. Yeah. I mean, anyone that can do what they did. And it's so crazy that they were down 3-1 to the Jazz. Dude, I know. I know. It is wild. It felt I mean, like they were we, done. We, it felt like they were toast. We thought Mike Malone was about to get fired. He probably and was. Now, he probably and was. Now, <laughs> and now he could, I mean, they could sign him for like a five-year extension. Did you watch the Instagram video of the Nuggets? In the Ce- locker room? Celebrating? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude. It's so great. That's like just like genuine sports joy. It was just, yeah. it was so, so wonderful. <laughs> oh, and it was his birthday. Jay Smooth 37 said it was his, Mike Mullen's birthday. Got the W on his birthday. So, uh, so I'm going to jump on hoop type real quick, just because I want to see what the Clippers salary situation looks like for next year. While you do that, I'm just going to read the, uh, the trade for the, for Paul George from the, okay. Thing. Uh, the LA Clippers have acquired six-time NBA All-Star Paul George from Oklahoma City in exchange for guard Shea Gilgis Alexander, for Danilo Gallinari, and the Clippers' first-round draft picks in 2022, 2024, and 2026, along with two first-round choices via Miami in 2021 and 2023. And OKC obtained this, the rights to swap first-round picks in 2023 and 2025. And it was announced today by the president of basketball operations, Lawrence Frank. My goodness. Like that's, hmm. in, that's insane. In hindsight, that is, it gets crazier. And I know that people love to tweet out the, 
reminders. And like, you don't need to remind me, man. It was amazing. Amazing trade. And so now year one of their two-year guaranteed window is gone in dramatic fashion, didn't even make the conference finals. Next year is the last year they'll have PG and Kawhi guaranteed. Both have a player option the following year. Let's just say they don't win the championship next year. See, and let's say they don't Paul make it on their to team. The, it seems very probable that, that won't happen. Right. So let's say, let's even give them a little boost. Let's say they make it to the conference finals and now they're going to have to be giving two. Can you give super maxes to two players on your you own can, team? I think you can only do one super max. So they're giving at least one super max and then whatever the other max is to those two guys, if they mm-hmm. don't win a championship next year. And then just for next year, obviously Montrez is the big name. He's a free agent. They're going to, they, ha- I mean, they have to bring him back. Jovan's saying they're not, he doesn't think they're going to, he's going to come back. Really? Under any circumstances, he doesn't see him coming back. Is that more because Montrez doesn't want to be back or the Clippers just don't want to pay him? I mean, you're going to pay Montrez Harrell $18 million after you watch what he did in the playoffs, where Jermichael Green is more valuable than him. In the playoffs. Yeah, I, I was going to say, if I was going to say one positive thing about the Clippers last night, Jermichael Green did seem to be the player that uh, cared the most and had the uh, yeah had the can, best you game. You can go find big guys, right? And Trez is a great regular season player. Very helpful. Helps you get all the wins that they did. But, I mean, Jovan, who's close closer to the Clippers than just about anybody I know, says he doesn't think he's coming back. Wow. Now is the time to celebrate. Football is finally back. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, has millions of reasons why you should be excited. To kick off the football season, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at a $1 million top prize with a total of $3 million up for grabs for this Saturday's football contest. Getting in on Thursday night's single-game showdown is easy. All you have to do is download DraftKings using the promo code MAYS, M-A-Y-S, Draft six players from the season opener, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. So head to the app now and start making it rain. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using the code MAZE will receive a free shot at a $1 million top prize with your first deposit. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game like having a shot at a $1 million payday. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code MAZE. For a limited time, new users get a free shot at the $1 million top prize and $3 million in total prizes. Don't miss the extra special week one bonus. Enter code MAZE to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That code is MAZE. Only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Today's episode is brought to you by Untitled Community Service Club. If you like comedy, you're going to love this fully improvised comedy show. Nothing is planned. Everything is made up on the spot, from the characters and their personalities to the entire storyline as a whole. The show follows Coach and Sid, who are two former high school bullies, and their transition not only to college life and what that entails, but also to become better people. Each episode features a unique guest that Coach and Sid Try their best to help in any way they can. Season one airs September 1st, and you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. That's the Untitled Community Service Club. Take a listen on September 1st if you want a real good laugh. 
So, man, so they actually have, I mean, they are much more flexible than the Rockets because yeah. the, the, which is crazy because the Clippers <laughs> actually have tradable contracts. I mean, Lou Williams yeah. on an $8 million expiring deal, you would think that would be able to get you something. Sure. Um, if, if you wanted to trade them, Pat Bev is on a reasonable deal, 13 and 14 the next yeah, two years. Pat Bev, man, just the absolute worst. Right. <laughs> Just, yeah, I, mean, I mean, the if anybody has had had a horrible bubble, it's been Patrick Beverly. I mean, well, he's good because, off like, the court. Just awful. Everyone hated him at yeah. the beginning. And then I feel like there was a turn with Beverly these last couple of years, especially last year with those like underdog Clippers where everyone kind of bought back in to Pat Beverly. Like, you know, I don't like this guy, but if he was on my team <laughs> and then I feel like he just destroyed all that goodwill. And then Dame and CJ coming after him last night. Like, oh, how can you so be a good. Pat Bev stand anymore? You can't. It's they. They should be all gone. Not that there's a ton of Clippers fans, anyways. But anybody that was standing for him has got to be gone now. Wow. So I, I, I'm excited to see what happens with them this summer because they are much more flexible than the Rockets. So they could yeah. completely overturn their roster mm-hmm. if they wanted to. And you have to assume, being in LA, they're still going to get that benefit when it comes to free agents for sure and where they'll still be able to get some veteran minimums guys yeah it still matters yeah unfortunately it still matters yeah bobby marx's tweet kind of made me a little bit miffed this morning well it's funny too because uh austin sternlich was like he should have just brought up denver which is true like if you're gonna make the case that you don't need to tank completely like denver is a much better argument no kidding but the problem is that, like denver did tank and they just picked the wrong guys but got the right guys later <laughs> right so which is exactly what the jazz did as well yeah but they used denver to get there which is wild <laughs> like denver had all these guys denver could have donovan mitchell on their team right now and they could could have had like rudy gobert on their team if they traded him to the i mean it's just it is wild that both those teams have kind of risen up you know, through these kind of late picks in the draft. But, yeah, it's – dude, it's, you ha- you have to take into account small markets. Like, you just can't – you can't rule that out. And for him to just act like Jimmy Butler is just like a small piece of this. It's just – it's irresponsible. <laughs> irresponsible? Andrew's sending a letter to ESPN. <laughs> hand is. <laughs> it is, and it gives, and it, and it, what it, it honestly though, it, it also like plants like this idea in like the heads of fans that one that like tanking is somehow like a morally wrong, you know, when right. it when it's not like there's nothing wrong about it. Like you're just you're just using the rules that the NBA has put in place to try to get a good team in your market, whereas. Yeah, if you draft Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, cool. That's a fun team. But they're not going to the Eastern Conference Finals with just those two. Especially without Spo. Like, Spo is such a huge component of that as yeah. well. Yeah, for sure. There's no doubt. And so, uh, yeah, if you told me that OKC is going to hire the next Spo, then yeah. I'm willing to kind of, like, be a little bit more flexible on my opinion about tanking for a top pick because I do think having a coach of that level – does make a huge difference on your team. Yep. Yeah, it, it really does. It really does. And what's so crazy, I, I, you guys were talking, maybe it was the conversation with Michele 
Um, but this idea about like how hard it is to really judge coaches and thinking back to that first year in Miami, where if they don't have Pat Riley in that front office, Eric Spolster is probably gone yeah. because all the reporting at that time suggested that LeBron and Dwayne Wade, or, or at least LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh would have preferred someone else Yeah, as the coach. <laughs> it's just so crazy. It's just so crazy to think about, man. Because uh, didn't LeBron push him in a huddle? Uh, yeah, that was that was the bump. Yeah, the bump. I mean, yeah, my goodness. Back to the huddle. Yeah. No, no one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Any other owner, general manager, you know, does not let their coach survive the bump. Right. I mean, there's just no way. And now look at him. I mean, that. I mean, it's and it's crazy. That Celtics Heat game on any other night would have been such. A oh, huge was, deal. Dude, but, there were so many big shots in that game. I mean, it's crazy that Jimmy Butler hit that three at the end of regulation and it wasn't even like his biggest shot because then he had that end one. Mm-hmm. And then you had Kemba, like Jason Tatum was playing awesome. It was just, that was a really incredible basketball game. Yeah, it was. The the Bam block, the lefty block, where he's, I don't even understand how he did it. His arm Especially was like because backwards. not even that, but if you look at like a split second before that Tatum's already at the rim and Bam is just jumping up mm-hmm. like his arm isn't even near the rim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's really special. <laughs> that's going to that's going to be a fun series. Oh, it's so good. And I, I know some people are irritated with the Marcus Smart flop at the end to get the free throw to tie the game. Like, I don't know. I loved it. It was just like so Marcus Smart. <laughs> It was just, yeah. <laughs> both those teams are are amazing. And uh, Tyler Hero, dude, that dude just has balls of steel. I mean, he's just so good. Yeah, we. I, I feel like we got we deserve a lot of credit for uh, targeting him in our fake trades last summer. Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, I think that would have been pretty good. I would have been into that. <laughs> How much do you think? And I pose this question. I don't remember where I did. But how much do you think the bubble takes, like, how much should we take into account the bubble with these young players? Because, like, Tyler Hero looks good. We talk, I mean, Darius Baisley was cool as a cucumber out there, like, not bothered right. at all by the moment. And on TV, they do such a good job of making it feel like a normal basketball, like a normal NBA game, that you forget that they're not playing in front of anybody. Yeah, and not just young guys, but... Um, Matt Moore was just tweeting out that like home teams, home teams in mm-hmm. in, in quotes are 28 and 38 and one in these playoffs against the spread. And they've wow. lost like 15 of the, their last 18 games in the playoffs. I mean, you just don't see, obviously you don't see a team come back from two, three, one deficits, but it's rare that you see one, three, one deficit ever. I know. And, and so yes, the bubble is definitely, changing things up in a way that we still don't really understand. But I think the young guys is a really good aspect of that because traditionally what you've seen is that your role players will play better at home in the playoffs. And then when you get on the road, you can't count on those guys as much, Mm -hmm. which just hasn't been the case this year. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think that even with Dort and, and all those guys and Duncan Robinson and all these players that are, up and coming young players, rookies that have no experience. I just wonder if the expectations will be set improperly for them 
once everything gets back to normal. Well, if you come out in our preview pods before next season and give an over under for Dort's point per game at 30, <laughs> I think that'll let us know if you've gone too far. You think Dort over under 0.5 times that Dort scores 30 again in his career. Oh, in his career, give give me the over. Okay. If you were just like next regular season, I mean, if they really tanked, mm-hmm. maybe, and and he's playing like thirty five minutes a night. Yeah. M- maybe. I mean, if he's going to shoot that much from three, he eventually, like Marcus Smart, is going to have some blow up games where he goes like six and nine from three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just, it's. <laughs> I think it's something that is not talked about enough is the the bubble impact and how it's quiet in there and it, it's funny like sam amick is there right now and i produce one of his shows and we we're talking and he's just like man like i think the nuggets are gonna win i'm like really you really think they're gonna win and he's like yeah he's like they have all the momentum like you can feel it you can feel it in the building yeah and I just I think it would be very interesting. I was watching, so I didn't watch the traditional broadcast last night. I watched the Above the Rim. Have you watched that before? Uh, yeah, I've seen that before. It was really, it was strange because the the noise in the background is still there, but man, it 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 feels like fake noise on that particular broadcast. The way oh, really? But out there, and then you can hear the guys talking, and you can see the court much better, and you can kind of see what's around them a little bit better. And it does feel different, but you can see like the game action. I mean, the two man game with those above the rim shots with Jokic and Murray was incredible to watch. You just watch them just completely dissect them as Jokic is standing there with the ball and Jamal Murray is just running around like a madman trying to find his spot. And you can just see the Clippers just with they just didn't know what to do. And I thought I would if you haven't done that yet, you should go check out the above the rim shots that ESPN does. And I think TNT has them, too. But you should watch those because it really it it gives you a different look at the game, which I think is really interesting. I wonder what uh, Montrez ended up with in terms of his on off, because I know for Clippers fans, that was like the big change that they wanted to see as that series went on. And it never really happened. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what were they supposed to do? I mean, if you're a doc, like, what do you, what do you do? You know, I, mean, I mean, you can't uh, not play Montrez Harrell. Unfortunately, there's just guys that you can't not play. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could. Wow. <laughs> I guess you could, but it sure feels like it's just a guy that you just can't leave off. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he was the sixth man of the year. He was the sixth man of the year. Um, uh, did, did you see after the game that the Clippers subreddit just shut down? <laughs> which I, which I, I thought was very uh, symbolic because we always made fun of like, do they actually have fans anyways? Yeah. And it's like they confirmed to all of us. No, we actually don't have fans. Nope. The charade is over. We're shutting down the fan site. <laughs> Let me see. I'm going to see if it's still down. Oh, they are back up. Um, Except they've claimed it. They've uh, changed it all. So now it's only about Clippers, the boat. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just like the actual boats. Yeah. 
So Montrose Harrell minus 20.5 in the seven game series against the Nuggets. Yeah. And obviously like I know the individual on off, there's a lot of context there, but matches the eye test. I'd say, yes, I'd say Paul George minus 10.8 Kawhi minus 10.3. I hope Kawhi gets, gets a healthy serving of, of some, some hatred and some, some shade over the next few weeks because he deserves it just as much as Paul George does because I mean, because the way that he shaped the team, because of the way that he feels like, I think after he won the title with Toronto, he just thought I can do whatever I want, no consequences whatsoever. And I'm still going to win the title. I think that was the mentality and it, and I'm just glad that he didn't. And I also like, I, I don't know why people talk about that Toronto team and they don't mention that one, they were like one bounce away from not being in the finals at all. Right. And also, Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson were hurt in the finals. Why does nobody talk about that? I mean, well, I just don't understand that. When people like Tim Bontemps on ESPN talks all the time about Kawhi and how he's the finals MVP and how he beat that Warriors team. Dude, he beat a shell of that Warriors team. I love that we're hating on Kawhi now because it was so different like a year ago. But an interesting stat, which everyone knows, but Kawhi Leonard has only made four All-Star games. That's which weird. Which just sounds crazy because he's 29 now, which actually I thought that was crazy too because I thought he was 30 at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's only made four All-Star games. And you compare him to the other like greatest players of our generation – like he's nowhere close to those guys in terms of all-star appearances. Mm-hmm. And obviously a lot of that has to do with him just being a late bloomer, but he is so unique among NBA stars. And I think if you're going to pick out one person who had the most influence on shaping this Clippers roster and shipping or shaping this Clippers uh, culture, I think it's Kawhi. Yeah. Like Kawhi's the one who wanted Paul George. It seems like he basically handpicked Paul George for them to go get. Yep. He's the one that chose this Los Angeles Clippers franchise mm-hmm. over the Lakers or over the Raptors. Yep. Like this this was his team. This is what he wanted. And they just lost the three one lead. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I think it makes you look more fondly upon that Raptors team, too that like Kyle Lowry was like a huge part of that. You need, and you need to have your, and everybody talks about, Oh, Patrick Beverly. Who's the leader of the locker room? Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly cannot be your leader. Clearly cannot. That's a, that's an interesting point because I think we all would have said going into this year that the Clippers did have a culture because they did have this like ragtag group of guys with, Lou Will, Montrez, and Pat Bev. Mm-hmm. And it did seem from the outside that they had a personality and that they had a culture, even if it was only for that one year. Right. And to see that kind of just dissolve over the course of this season to where now it sounds like they're not even bringing back Montrez. Who knows what happens with Lou Will and Pat Bev? Um, it's just it's just very interesting because I, I, de- I definitely would have said like, oh, you know, this isn't like just throwing together a team. Yes, you're bringing in the two biggest stars, but at least they did have something in place. I mean, they had a they had a playoff team in place. Yeah, they had a team that had made the playoffs and they had beaten that Warriors team. Yep. 
I mean, you keep, it's so crazy to think of, well, remember that game where they beat the Warriors and they came back from like, was it 30 points down? Like something insane, like mm-hmm. 33 points mm-hmm. down. I mean, looking at this current Clippers team, like that would be like shocking if they ever made a comeback like that. Yeah, it would. <laughs> It would be astounding if they could do something like that. I, but they went from nobody believes in us. Like when they traded Tobias, everybody everybody thought they're not making the playoffs. Right. Yeah. And so they went from nobody believes in us to everybody believes in us. And clearly, there's guys on that team that just don't fit that everybody believes in us mold because they were just like the most like front running team. I've, one of the most front-running teams I've ever seen, right? And and to their, like, everyone agreed with them. It wasn't like yeah. they were just doing it on their own. Because mm-hmm. I think you could have said that a little bit about the old Clippers, like the CP3 Blake Griffin Clippers, always thinking that they're better than they actually were. Yep. But with this Clippers team, like, everyone was picking them. Yeah. I know. I mean, that, that ESPN, that the Denver Nuggets tweeted out the ESPN picks before the series, all 19 of the ESPN experts. And why wouldn't you have? I know. Like, everyone was buying into it. So this is so different from, like, the LeBron heat when they lost to the Mavericks. Yeah. It really because, is. you know, they still made it to the finals. They were still up 2-0 on those Mavericks. To not even make it to the Western Conference Finals mm-hmm. in the first season is just so much bigger, and I really think it forces them to consider not blowing it up, but doing major retooling as opposed to just running it back with pieces around the edges. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want you guys to throw some questions in the chat. If you're watching, we're going to answer some questions, and then we'll get out of here, but we're going to take just a quick break. Hi, I'm Tass Mellis from No Dunks on The Athletic. As the great philosopher Brian of the Backstreet Boys once said, Everybody, yeah, hydrate your body, yeah, everybody, hydrate your body, right? Hydration's back, all right! We all know we have to stay hydrated. I've used an app, a big water bottle, post-it notes, and proper hydration is extremely important right now. It can really help your immune system. Believe it or not, dehydration occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. I like using Liquid IV when I hit that afternoon lull. Instead of grabbing a coffee, I grab one stick of the lemon-lime, put it in my water, and I get the energy boost I need without dehydrating my body and getting dry mouth. It's win-win because it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. Oh, my mate Lily would love it. It's healthier than sugary sports drinks with no artificial flavors or preservatives and less sugar than an apple. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target. Or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. 
Yeah, we're back. Alex, we're going to uh, answer questions as they kind of uh, <laughs> kind of pop up in here. Uh, zero Thunder Up Zero wants us to disparage Reggie Jackson and Patrick Patterson. Well, we were you were just showing the uh, plus minus for that series, and at the very bottom of that list. Oh yeah, let me share it. One after the other, Patrick Patterson second to last, and then we have our guy Reggie Jackson. Dead last. Minus 31.9 in 33 minutes. He's so bad, dude. He is so terrible. I can't even be a role player on a team. Bad. Which Shout is, out to him for getting that contract with Detroit. Cause no kidding. No man, that's kidding. never happening. Nothing even close to that is ever happening again. Yeah. Jay Smooth wants to know, why is PG the only one getting slander on the Clippers? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. I think we're I think we're going to see a tide ch- change over these next couple days where there is going to be meat thrown at Kawhi. And I think it's deserved. I think Paul George does deserve it because of the whole playoff P thing and because he's been exceptionally bad multiple times throughout these playoffs. Mm-hmm. But Kawhi coming up that week in the fourth quarter of a game seven is way bigger of a deal to me because people were talking about him as the best player in the league mm-hmm. coming into this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know. I agree. I think that we need to reevaluate who we're slandering. Uh, JPOSU asks, at this point, which 2024 pick do you think will be more valuable, Houston or the Clippers? Okay, so the Houston picks... As everyone should always remember, they are top four protected yep. and they don't turn into anything. They don't even turn into second round picks. Mm-hmm. They just evaporate into thin air or at least the pick swaps do. Do the picks turn into second round picks? No, I would, I would have to ask. I don't know. Um, my head. So, so that's part of my thinking. Uh, the Clippers will be moving into a new stadium the year. I think it's 2024 or 2025. Mm-hmm. Not that that means a lot, but they do have a lot of money, and you have to imagine that even if they're beyond the Kawhi, Paul George era, they're going to want to put a team on the floor that is good mm-hmm. in that first season in their in their arena. So that's another thing I'm thinking about. Uh, but overall, I would probably say the Houston pick, although the top four protection does scare me, and so if they get in a position where it <laughs> does know. seem like Houston's going to be bad, mm-hmm. I'd be more willing to be aggressively shopping that pick if you can get something good back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, John Ham on <laughs> John Ham texting me right now. That's the Rockets picks uh, to OKC turn into second rounders if they don't come back. So right there. Oh, boom. Thank you, John Ham. Thank you, John Ham. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I still probably lean Houston just just because you look at the two owners. Like Tomer Fertitta, right. not only a crazy person that wants to be super involved in every single decision that's made, but publicly struggling financially, right? Steve Ballmer is. is the richest owner in the league. By magnitudes. By the biggest like it's margin. not close. No. So it doesn't. So to me, I like st- this. It looks bad now and it's hilarious and it's great to have their picks. I'm, I'm with you. I think ownership typically wins the day in the NBA. And so I would, I would still lean and I'm with you. I'm worried about those Houston picks. 
<laughs> top four protected <laughs> because I think it could get that bad. I mean, now, the, by that time, the, I th- by that time, I think Maury's gone. I think Harden's gone, and who knows what's there. On the flip side, with the way the draft odds have changed, even if they were the worst team in the league, you have a still have a better chance than you would have previously that they do fall. Especially if they're like if if they have the second or worst record, there's still like a pretty good chance that falls to five. Yeah. So it's not as scary as it would be in the past, but I am worried about that. Isn't it crazy? I was thinking about the Rockets uh, roster the other day and that Eric Gordon has a longer guarantee than either uh, Westbrook or Harden. Say it again. Like Gordon is guaranteed money beyond the Harden Westbrook era. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why do they do that? Why do they why did they give him that contract? I don't know. Like, couldn't they have gotten away with giving him like two or three years, which feels like it would have been much more easier to trade? You would you would think I don't know that is a bad deal. Four yeah. years left, starting now. They'll find some way to trade him. I think. Well, He'll, he. I mean, he has to be the piece they trade, right? I mean, he, he does just, have to be the piece they trade. And my my deal with Russell Westbrook is not just that it would be hard to make a trade, which I do think is true. Mm-hmm. But the reason they traded Chris Paul was because he and James Harden didn't get along, and it was very public that that was the case. Mm-hmm. And we have. There's even been more details, like even in the bubble, Chris Paul talking about it. Yep. Whereas we've gotten no indication that Harden has any issues with Westbrook. By yep. all accounts, they seem to enjoy playing together. And so trading Westbrook, knowing that the return is not going to be significant, like you're going to get some majorly flawed player like a Blake Griffin or whoever it's going to be, it just doesn't make any sense. Like I, I just don't think they trade him for that reason. So, yeah, so Eric Gordon becomes the only real asset, in, in, in quotes again. I keep yeah. wanting to say in parentheses. Uh, and if you're going to trade him, you probably have to attach an asset, which maybe you can do now because of Daniel House. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, maybe he's not playing for the Rockets next year. What about what about a Eric Gordon for Al Horford type of trade? <sighs> See, I, I just can't imagine. I don't know. if It still feels... Like they are all in on small ball. We haven't heard anything about them targeting a big. I, I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think Al Horford would be a very nice stabilizing force for that team. At least in our heads. At least in our heads. And you could play him 20, 25 minutes a night and then run small ball the rest of the time. Yeah. And he can stretch. <laughs> Jay Smooth 37. They should go after LaMarcus. <laughs> oh man that's just another like giggle forever scenario if the Rockets uh, <laughs> ended up with LaMarcus Aldridge mid-range master yeah those Russ LMA pick and rolls man be deadly be deadly De- deadly five years ago uh, thanks for listening to the podcast we appreciate you guys following along on Periscope on Twitter uh, means a lot to us. Hope you guys have a great day. Follow Alex on Twitter at albabycakes. Follow me on Twitter, Andrew K. Schlecht. We so much appreciate you guys. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's very simple. If you have an iPhone, just click the purple podcast app, search down to dunk, hit five stars. Even leave us a message. I've seen some. some someone left a very kind message about how they like to listen to it with their with their spouse, and that was great. Uh, someone said that they, they love us even though we hate Taco Mayo and they're a big Mayo fan. Uh, so if you leave a really good one, I will, I'll read it. How about this? We'll read it on Friday. 
if you guys leave us a good uh, message. So thanks so much. And we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. (laughs) 